Hi, and welcome to episode one of Romance Film and Cynicism. My name's Dan, and this is going to be a romantic film review podcast. Uh, now, I am someone that's slightly cynical when it comes to love and romance, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be using this podcast as a way to put romance films down or as a way to try and push my cynicism onto yourselves. Um, there are several romance films I really like and really enjoy, and I'm kind of hoping that through this I'll be able to discover more that I like and hopefully help you discover some romance films that you may like as well. Um, now, if you don't quite know what I mean by um, sort of romantic cynicism, there is a definition on Urban Dictionary um, that reads, uh, It is someone who wants to be in love and loves the idea but realises that love is ultimately self-destructive and counterproductive to advancing personal goals and or self, or... Any relationship is destined to crash and burn. <laughs> now, I am um, I'm not quite so negative when it comes to romance as that, but it is that sort of general leaning that way, I guess. Um, but again, I'm not going to be using, I'm not going to be pushing my uh, cynicism. But of course, that is going to probably seep into my reviews of romance films. But these are going to be honest reviews, is what I'm trying to push across. Um, so this sort of first episode, um, I'm going to be looking at the 10 earliest romance films ever made. Um, these are quite sort of important films, a lot of film firsts, first kisses, um, that sort of um, thing. Um, so yes, right, jumping in. So the first film on the list is Puy Piro, released in 1892. Um, so this was an animated romance film, um, roughly 15 minutes long originally, and directed by Charles Emile Renard. Um, so Renard invented this animated moving picture system called Optical Theatre in 1888. Um, and the film was hand painted onto 500 individual gelatine plates. These were 6 by 6 centimetre plates that were then attached to a band or ribbon and fed from one spool to another um, that ran in front of a um, magic lantern. So this was a very early image projector um, and then using mirrors the film was then projected onto the back of a projector, uh, the screen. Um, so the downside of this optical theatre was that Renard had to operate it by hand, which doesn't sound too bad, but the film was part of a museum um, show called Pantomimes Lumineux at the Gravel Museum. Um, uh, it was part of this museum show for eight years had 12,800 shows and was seen by 500,000 people um, so you can sort of start to see the downside of um, having to operate all these shows by hand um, so the film was, featured um, a male character called Harlequin um, who is sneaking into his lover's courtyard um, the lover being a female called Columbine, and while he's there, they're visited by Piero, who has brought Columbine um, flowers, and so Arlequin ends up having to scare Piero off. Um, so it's the very first film I'm talking about, and it features a storyline um, with a, a female with um, in a, a love triangle. I guess it's obviously very common. Um, theme or storyline within romance films um, just to prove that point 
Um, here's a quick list of films that all feature some sort of love triangle. Um, so there's Cruel Intentions, Great Gatsby, The Notebook, Beauty and the Beast, Bridget Jones's Diary, Sweet Home Alabama, Hunger Games, X-Men, Titanic, The Twilight Saga, The Graduate, Pretty in Pink. Um, it's just some of the uh, films. Um, also on that list was um, Star Wars, um, which I guess does feature a love triangle. But when it's between a twin brother and sister, spoilers if you haven't seen Star Wars, um, then yeah, I, I guess it's a love triangle. It's just not the good kind. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's quite interesting to see this sort of uh, love triangle film uh, storyline appear in a film uh, in our very first film we're talking about. Um, it is available online. Um, it's quite crudely animated, but it's something quite beautiful about it, I guess. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for Renard, by the end of his life, um, he was struggling financially. And with his depression, he had smashed up all his optical theatres and destroyed all but two of his films um, and taken them down and thrown them into the river scene. Um, so no, none of his um, optical theatres now exist. Um, and only uh, Poi Vipiro and another one of his films um, managed to survive. At film number two. Uh, released in 1894, this was called Miss Jerry, um, directed by Alexander Black and first screened at Carbon Studios in New York City. Um, so this wasn't technically a film, um, this was a 45 minute picture play, so this was a series of posed slides um, that were then projected onto a screen. Um, and the slides were changed every 15 seconds, it sort of gave the appearance of motion and the music and narration was then added afterwards. Um, so Miss Jerry told the story of Jerry Holbrook, who was played by Blanche Bayliss, um, and after discovering her father's poor financial situation, she accepts a job as a journalist at a newspaper, and while she's there she ends up falling in love with Mr Hamilton, who's the newspaper's editor, um, but Mr Hamilton um, who's played by William Courtenay, um, is moving to London, and so she declares her love for him, and they end up moving to London together. Um, I can't seem to find out what happens to the father, to her father in this story, whether they just abandon him to his sort of financial situation, or whether he comes to London as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, they just move to London, and also the other thing that made me laugh while looking at this uh, film as well. Um, the quote I found online for it, um, ha uh, accredited to Hamilton, is, What a wonderful thing a woman's hat is. Somehow it seems to symbolise the marvellous complexity of her own personality. <laughs> That's the one quote I can find from the film. It just made me chuckle. Um, yeah. And so, film number three. This was the first kiss on film. So this was released in 1896. Um, it had a few different names. This went by uh, the May Irwin Kiss, the Kiss, and the Rice Irwin Kiss. Um, this was directed by William Hayes for Edison Studios. 
and it was also one of the first films to be shown uh, commercially to the public. Um, so this was an 18 second film by two actors called May Irwin and John Rice um, and they were just reenacting a scene from the play The Widow Jones. Um, so at the time it was released it was considered quite obscene um, it ended up being banned in some of the cities. The Roman Catholic Church had to come out and uh, publicly denounce it. Um, they were calling for censorship and moral reform. Some reviews were calling for um, screenings to be closed by the police. Um, and one review was quoted to say, um, Neither participant is physically attractive and the spectacle of their prolonged pasturing on each other's lips was hard to bear. Magnified to gargantuan proportions and replicated three times over, it is absolutely disgusting, and the performance comes very near being indecent in its emphasised vulgarity. Um, so yeah, it wasn't well received when it came out, basically. Um, this is, again, I've seen this online. Um, it's just very awkward to watch. If you can picture two people kissing and talking at the same time, that's what it is. Um, it just seems a lot of hatred towards a film for an 18 second kiss but like I said it is weird and kind of awkward to watch but um, probably not deserving of being quite such hate um, from the reviewers and so film number four um, this to me sounds like one of the most interesting films on the list uh, released in 1897, this was called Voice de Marguerite. So this was based on a play from 1808 by um, German playwright Johann Wolfgang. Uh, the play was called Voice de Tragedy. Um, in 1855, that play was adapted into a romantic opera um, titled Voice de Marguerite. So the film version, uh, released in 1897, there's no version of that that exists, so we can only assume... Um, roughly the story based on the opera version um, so the opera version uh, tells the story of Dr Faust who falls in love with Marguerite and he uh, gets help from a demon called Mephistopheles um, in order to sort of romance her um, but because of the demon's help the relationship is cursed um, so when Faust impregnates gets Marguerite pregnant um, he leaves her and the play opera ends with um, Marguerite being imprisoned and executed for infanticide. Um, so yeah, it's a tragedy, it's quite dark, but it's also quite interesting. Um, I'd like to see something like this adapted from modern day show, I guess, film, I guess. Um, yeah, so the, the film version was directed by uh, George, George Milliers, um, but like I said, it was a bit lost, so no version of that exists, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And so at number five, um, this was the first black kiss on screen. Um, in order not to cause uh, some sort of potential race crime, or um, just offence, generally, I guess. I'm just going to call it by a shorter name. So this was called Something Good, released in 1898. Um, obviously, the full title of the film is available online. I'm just not entirely sure 
it's uh, acceptable to say today. Who knows? Um, so this was a 29 second long film. This is the first black kiss on screen. Uh, on film. Um, so it features two members of a dance group called the Ragtime Four. So this was actress Gertie Brown and theatre composer Saint Sotel. Um, the actors are seen to be hugging, dancing, smiling and laughing. Um, when compared to The Kiss, which was released only two years before, um, this just seems a lot more natural. The actors seem a lot more comfortable. Um, and given that at the time there was a lot of very racist caricatures, this is actually quite a positive sort of portrayal of um, African-Americans. Um, yeah, so it just seems a, a lot more positive overall um, and it's a much better film when compared to The Kiss. Um, it's definitely worth um, viewing online um, if you get a chance. Number six on the list. Um, this is called Kiss in the Tunnel, released in 1899. <clears throat> so this was directed by George Albert Smith. Um, it, this is considered a romantic comedy. Um, it features um, a couple on a train carriage with the role of the male played by Smith and the female played by Laura Bailey. Um, because it features a uh, exterior and interior shots of the train carriage, um, this is one of the earliest examples of um, narrative editing in film. Um, not only that, it also features a phantom ride technique. Um, so the a tra a camera was placed at the front of the train, um, which allowed the viewer to watch the, on uh, the train tracks approach them. Now, Smith only directed the train carriage shots. The scenes from the front of the train um, was added to the film by the Warwick Trading Company. Um, so those scenes were filmed or directed by Cecil Hepworth um, from his movie View from an Engine Front Train Leaving Tunnel, which was also released in 1899. Um, so both of the entries for 7 and 8 um, are both remakes of previous entries, um, both released in 1900 and both directed by Edwin S. Porter. Um, so at seven on the list we have a remake of The Kiss, um, so obviously this was a remake of the 1896 version of the Mayo and Kiss, um, two differences being that this is 48 seconds long, um, so 30 seconds longer than the, the other version. Um, and also when this was released, this received no controversy, uh, like the other version did. Um, so this one also starred Fred Oot, um, who claimed to be the first motion movie picture actor in America. But his whole act was basically him um, jumping up and down and sneezing. Um, and so number eight is a remake of Fausta Marguerite. Again, released in 100, um, but this ends a lot happier than the other version. So when you think about the other version ending in Infanticide and uh, Marguerite being executed, this version 
um, has Faust calling on Mephistopheles to help him romance Marguerite. But Mephistopheles asks Faust to kill her with a sword. Um, and he declines. And Mephistopheles ends up um, swinging the sword um, to kill them both. Which they manage to dodge. And so Mephistopheles ends up leaving in frustration. And so um, Faust and Marguerite end up getting married. So yeah, it's a lot happier than... Um, other entry obviously ending in infant side but the other, the other version just sounds better <laughs> a lot more interesting than this this is just too happy i guess i don't know um at nine there's a um french adaption of the william shakespeare play um, romeo and juliet um, also released in 1900 um, so this was directed by Clement Maurice, um, starring Emilio Cassera as Romeo. Um, so this is a two-minute film, so I'm not entirely sure how much of the Romeo and Juliet story they can really fit into two minutes. Um, no version of this exists, um, but this is also considered to be one of the earliest films to have both sound and colour. Um, so the colour was added by hand to the film. Um, but in order to achieve the sound, they recorded the sound first, and then when they acted out, they had to lip sync to what was being said on the wax cylinder that contained the audio. Um, and then when it was being projected for a um, for the public, um, the projection would have to be synced up with the um, wax cylinder audio. Um, so yeah, one of the earliest films to have both sound and colour. And so finally, at number 10, we have uh, Love by the Light of Moonlight. So this was released in 1901. Um, so this was a comedy directed by Edwin S. Porter, who also directed um, the remakes of Faust and Marguerite and The Kiss the year before. Um, so this was a mixture of animation and live action. Um, and told the story about a man who lives on the moon and is um, watching a couple kissing beside a garden gate. Um, once the couple notices that they're being spied on by the moon, they end up moving to a nearby bench uh, that's hidden from view from the moon. Um, and so the moon gets angry and moves to position um, in order to get a better look. So the moon in this film has a face which changes expression which is where the animation comes in. Um, so the film ends with the woman um, noticing that the moon's now changed position, and so she ends up fainting into the man's arms. Um, and so the film ends with the man using his hat to sort of like fan the unconscious woman in order to wake her up. Um, I think this film's quite important. Um, so there's a very famous sci-fi film that came out the year after this called A Trip to the Moon, um, which also has this sort of man on the moon idea, uh, like storyline. Um, so it's quite interesting to see that sort of appearing in the film uh, the year before. That's what I'm saying. Um, all these films, with the exception of 
uh, Romeo and Juliet and the 1897 version of Faust and Marguerite. Um, like I said, it's available to watch online. Um, if anything, any of the films I've talked about interest you, I mean, they're definitely worth watching, is what I'm uh, again trying to get at. Um, very influential uh, films and a lot of film firsts. Um, so they're just quite interesting. Um, of course, if you have any sort of recommendations about films I could watch uh, for discussion in future episodes, I do have um, an email address, um, which is romancefilmcynicism at gmail.com. Um, I'm always happy to take on um, recommendations of films to watch. Um, if you think there's a film that I may not have heard of or may have struggle uh, to find on my, by myself, I'm always happy to sort of uh, take on that. Um, and I can't really end this without recommending something else. Um, so the uh, TV series which had caught my attention in the last sort of three weeks or so um, is one that's on Prime Video um, called Modern Love. So I'm quite late to this. This came out last year, um, but I've only recently watched this. So uh, it's eight episodes long, um, about half hour episodes, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, so each episode told a uh, different love story based on essays from the um, New York Sunday Times um, of the same name, Modern Love. Um, really good stories, really interesting uh, series. Um, it starred uh, Anne Hathaway, Dave Patel, Andrew Scott, Tina Fey, John Slattery and Christian Meliotti. Meliotti? It was the um, mother from How I Met Your Mother. Um, yeah, really interesting, really good series. I managed to get through uh, eight episodes in one night. So that's available on Prime Video. I recommend that. Um, and yes, so until the next episode, um, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>